0: This episode of Reality Bites is brought to you by Casper.
1: Casper is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience, one night at a time.
0: Start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper.
1: Welcome to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm Courtney Kosak.
0: And I'm Steve Hernandez.
1: And we are here. But uh, you're
0: just barely here. Courtney was... uh, just got back from a, a beautiful trip in Cabo San Lucas. It's uh, true. W- was it wonderful? I mean, you, you did post the bikini pic.
1: I did. It I, wasn't
0: the full bod, but I do appreciate you doing it.
1: It was weird cuz I had to fi- get another lady like an older lady to take a picture of me. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was it was kind of my only opportunity and I didn't want to be like gross cuz I took off all my clothes to sit down and like lunch with the ladies on the press trip yeah and there was a moment of like i don't know there was just kind
0: of cooch i mean she's holding her cooch when she's saying no
1: i'm not there was it was like a white bikini that's i don't whatever i
0: don't know if you've seen her it's a very famous couple of famous pics on her instagram (laughs) but it's white and you know it's great it's just like
1: you know there was just a moment of like I can't even there's no appropriate way to say they're just older ladies you know what I mean they so were did like you
0: feel bad that you had this bod and they didn't I have just felt bod?
1: like uh I don't know just I, I like, don't think
0: you're conceited but is that was you maybe mean you a little bit
1: just that they were like for a second like oh I don't know just like all of a sudden this situation got sexualized or something
0: just by you having your body
1: just by me taking off my clothes in front they, of them. they didn't
0: have clothes either though right
1: yeah, they were wearing bikinis. I can't fully explain it. It's
0: cuz you're hot. Is that what you're saying?
1: I'm just
0: You can can we just say that to clear it up?
1: Sh- is it sounding weird?
0: It's sounding weird if you're not just saying the thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, maybe okay. like I looked to get in that bikini and yeah. there was just a second We've of awkwardness.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so like you guys were all like, yeah, I guess if it was guys it would be like, okay, we're all guys here, we're all having fun. Then we get undressed, and this guy has just this huge old hog. And it was like I thought, or
1: or like, or like he's just shredded on his abs, and and everyone's like,
0: and it's like, oh, I thought we were the same, but we're not the same, like that kind of thing. A little bit, okay.
1: Just like they're like, you know, yes, whatever.
0: Man, if I had a huge hog, I'd be in those Korean spas all day. I'd be hanging out with my boys. My boy Zed Ketzinger, who's my co host on Views from the Vista, he's always like, ah, oh, let's go to the Korean spot. And he's got a notably huge hog. And Do I'm you like, know this about him? Oh, yeah. He sends me, him and his, in honor, send me pics oh my of God. him like dancing, swinging his big old thing, him spinning on that big old wiener. Yeah. But, uh, and it's funny to me. So it's not, you know, it doesn't, it's a joke we all have. But, uh, yeah. Well, I, I guess I get that though. Now um, you had a great time, right?
1: Yeah. No, it was awesome. So, so, shouldn't
0: you talk about who sent you there? Like, our. So
1: yes, uh, I totally should. Um, I went and I stayed at the Grand Solmar. The Solmar Resorts are like a series of. Um, they're nice. They're nice hotels, and they're building a new one called the Grand Solmar at Rancho San Lucas. That's going to be really cool. It's like, um, away from the town a little bit and i'm sorry um, where's
0: oh it's in on it's
1: because like everything's kind of in these two sections of los cabos yeah and most of the things that i think we think of are in Cabo san lucas and then uh it's it was disorienting to know exactly how far away uh rancho san lucas was but where it was like kind of considered the same town but maybe like 15 20 minutes away Um, and like, they're going to have Greg Norman's like building a golf course out there and like, they're going to have it set up and there's some, um, going to be some private estates. Um, but it's going to be this really cool, just like kind of exclusive area. Um, but we stayed, uh, with all the regular, (laughs) (laughs) all the regular people. No, we, uh, the Grand Soul Mar where I stayed is still really super nice, and there's, like, a million infinity pools. Um, and, uh, yeah, they just – the one of the coolest things that they arranged for us was uh, – were these ATV tours. Um, and I think most of them just go through the desert. But the one that we did was, like, riding ATVs along the ocean. It was Beautiful.
0: That sounds... ATVs are so fun.
1: And we had... I was scared at first because I used to turn over... My grandpa had three-wheelers and I used to flip them when I was a kid. So I was like terrified. I was like, I'm going to hurt somebody. There was another girl that was driving. And then when I switched, it took me a while to switch to driving. because I was like, I'm going to kill us. Yeah. (laughs) but we had the Be- Alberto was our tour guide, and he was the jam. It's Cactus ATV Tours. You guys check it out. <laughs> he knew everything about all the cacti and and could explain how some indigenous people had settled there. And um, all this really, that's my favorite part of traveling is learning like the cool history, especially if if it seems like. Like, I didn't expect to learn any history on an ATV tour. And then I was like, oh, shit. We just got, like, a 30-minute really cool uh, lesson. So that was dope. The other ladies were awesome. Um, yeah, you went with and a they bunch had, of other writers, right? Yeah, they had great bodies. or no, no slam on their
0: bodies. Listen, lady. Fellow lady writers, I'm sure you're more my speed anyways, OK? <laughs> yeah, she's got a hot bod, but I can tell you all of her shortcomings in other ways, OK? <laughs> And I'd, ra- I'd rather settle down with one of you guys. All right. I, and I, I like a nice one piece babe from Target any day of the week. Okay.
1: I feel like you just threw some serious shade.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to make them feel good. Okay.
1: Okay. Take
0: the heat for once.
1: Um, yeah. And then I got to miss wait a little bit. Well, while, while I was gone and, uh, that's the whole story. What, what have you been up to? Uh,
0: I, I was supposed to go to the cycles and sex thing last weekend. I really do regret not going. But oh, I went to, no. to I went to check in on Friday, and my code didn't work. I know I could have still emailed them, and it would have been fine. But I'm also tired of going to these things alone, Courtney. You have to come up with the next one. Here's really what I pictured. Because I went to the dick show last time that Whitney Bell I want to go. I keep having to go out of town. I know. We, we, well, you've got to make it a priority for with me. Because <laughs> I really did picture. Last time I went to Whitney, Bill's, uh, Whitney Bell's dick picture show, and it was amazing. And I learned so much. And I wanted to go to this one too, but I honestly, I saw Whitney was speaking, and I know she wouldn't give a shit either. But I was like, I, I just pictured like catching Whitney's eye, Mike, and uh, she would just, she's just like, well, here's just this guy alone at another all female <laughs> event, and I was just like, I can't, I really, I just couldn't do it. I can't do it any, alone anymore.
1: No, I'm gonna definitely gonna make it a priority. I really w- wished I, I got to go. They had such cool. Uh, panels and speakers. Um, so I There guess- was a
0: spanking... I saw a picture of a spanking workshop that they were giving, which I would have loved.
1: I know. Sign me up.
0: I. You know what? I, the older I get now, the more I think I would like to get spanked and choked and all the things that I do to the women. Mm-hmm. But I think you've got to be with a special woman to do that kind
1: of I stuff. I am going to say, I like to be spanked and choked. Um, and sometimes I just get a... I'm not like in any extreme way, but I'll I'll toss it back at Wade a little bit. And he's, he's like down.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It would be great. I remember Julie and I were drunkenly having sex a couple of weeks ago, too. And I remember I was like, choke me. But she just didn't have it in her. Most women just don't. They just like to get dominated. They don't like to do any work. Just sit back, take the choke. Must be nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, I'll keep that in mind. Maybe yeah. I'll hand out some more chokes.
0: And yeah, Julia, if you're listening to this, how about a, how about a slap on the butt? <laughs> how about a choke, okay? Instead of just coming a whole bunch, you know, letting the big man doing all the work, all right? <laughs> oh, man, we had a great time today. Didn't you have a great time?
1: This is the best. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: Jamie Loftus is uh, my friend now. She we, she does the hat trick, but this is your first time having an extended conversation with her, right? Yeah, I've
1: never met her before. I yeah. just, I mean, I know of her through the internet, but I had never met her. And she is a delightful human. I feel like I could have. There's something funny about being, I, because you feel like you're the youngest of the adult co- cohort for a long time, or the longest youngest cohort of adults for a, a long time and then suddenly you realize like oh there <laughs> there's this whole now new generation of them and then you feel like i don't know in a little like there's something sexual about it but a little like like the older uh i don't know a little like
0: i don't know they're- would you just say the fucking word no, because you're, you're afraid to say what you're thinking.
1: No, I'm not. Okay, I but- can't. I can't exactly articulate. There's something like uh, when you take an interest in a young girl, where you're like, "Is this predatory
0: in any way?" <laughs> well, as a woman, you feel that.
1: Yeah, or just like uh, you just feel like not predatory. That's the wrong. That's too strong of a word, but you have no idea what i'm trying to say
0: i know i I really wish i i really wish i did understand what you're trying to say I, i mean i'd try to even help you right now but i i don't get what you're saying i know for me you know like to me jamie's so exciting she's especially on twitter um i don't get to see her that much live but even if you hear about her live show about uh the show all based around her losing her virginity she is like so exciting and on twitter i don't know if you follow her but she's like one of the funniest people on twitter right now and she's also wildly intelligent to me uh you know and i've been saying this for a few years right now but like it's women in comedy is like rock and roll in the 50s and 60s really it's uncharted territory because we've heard from men for so long that especially you get someone young like jamie who doesn't have very many filters and it's just fucking she's been around for since the internet so she just goes off yeah Uh, some of my absolute favorite comedians are women i mean I, I would i would almost say almost exclusively because it's so exciting and new and uh yeah i think she's so uh, she's such a pleasure and she's such a delight and she's so funny which uh, so funny
1: and an open book and yeah that's what i guess it's just interesting to like uh be older and like fangirl out on someone that's a little bit younger does, does that I, make that sense? That makes sense. That yeah. makes perfect
0: sense. <laughs> nice and concise, too. <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes absolute perfect sense. And it is, um, you know, I, I'm a great stand-up. Uh, and my re- album recording is in Portland on December 9th. <laughs> Get your tickets at Alberta Street Pub. That's going to be great. I'm a great stand-up, but I am not like... like Jamie's 25 years old, just turned 25. And she is so smart and funny, and I am not that thing. I've plugged away. I'll keep getting better. But she's like, as much as there's natural, she's a natural. So really, ooh,
1: I can't wait to see her.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, I, I'm probably a better stand up than her. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's but gonna listen she, to this, Steve. Yeah, she, she, she know. I mean, but she'll, she's gonna blow past me. She's just so naturally funny, and I, I, I hate saying naturally too, because she's as hard work, as hard of a worker as they come too. So I'm so happy you guys get to meet her.
1: Yeah, here we go. Casper is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time.
0: With three mattress models, the original Casper, the Wave, and the Essential, Casper mattresses are perfectly designed to soothe and cradle your natural geometry.
1: Not to mention the breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature
0: throughout the night. And it's delivered right to your door in a small, how-do-they-do-that-size box with free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada.
1: But the best the best part is you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. Come
0: on, 100 nights, it's plenty of time. <laughs> After all, you spend one-third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable.
1: You should be comfortable. Start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper.
0: Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com bites and using B-Y-T-E-S at checkout.
1: That's casper.com slash bites offer code B-Y-T-E-S for $50 off your mattress
0: purchase. Terms and conditions apply.
1: You guys, we are here with special by request by my personal request, Jamie Loftus. Hi. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Steve, you already know Jamie, yeah?
0: Oh yeah, she's the first to to do the hat trick of my podcast. And, oh really? And I told her I didn't request it one time. No. <laughs> <laughs> she, <was> like, <laughs> she said, "Oh, thank you for that." But yeah, every one of my co-hosts, everybody said we got to get this Jamie Loftus on. I was like, "No problem." I like, hooked up to her on Facebook Messenger. Let me just dart away. And but she's done. This is the last one. She did Views from the Vista. She's done Who's Your God, and now finally, lastly, but certainly not leastly, Reality Bites. So and now
2: I'm retiring. <laughs> <laughs> can finally retire
1: at what the ripe old age of twenty four. Uh, twenty.
2: I just heard twenty five. Twenty
1: five. Okay. Well, um. So you co-host a podcast called the bechdel Test or yeah. Bechtel bechdel Cast Cast, and we are definitely not going to pass that test today. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could. Well, um, we just did. We just did. Yeah, because we're because you only have to do it for like two minutes.
2: It's just be two lines of dialogue. So oh. we both had, like, the Bechdel test is uh, two lines of dialogue between women with names about something other than a man. Uh, so we have names. We can't, We arrived with them. Yes. And then, yeah, we just did it again. <laughs> that seems,
1: okay, then that seems like the test isn't that. why aren't more things passing the test? That's not a it's very... It's
2: wild, yeah. Like, there's, I don't, I mean... I could get into it, but there's like, I feel like most movies, there's just like, n- there's maybe one good female character, right. but there's just no one for her to talk to because she's
1: Not like, another woman. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, cause she's whatever, being dragged on an adventure with the, with the boys.
0: God so they it. even did that on King Kong, this, on the new King Kong, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, even though, um, I, I didn't see it, but I heard that there was like a strong female character in that, but, but there's just, she only interacts with men. And so it's like, well... There goes another one. Another one bites the dust.
1: <laughs> but maybe you that's going to be improving, right? Yeah.
0: What do you mean? I don't know. Women. Ha- I mean, people have to write it. There has to be more women directors. Um, people have to be conscious of don't these things. Don't you feel it
1: changing a little bit? Or just that we're talking about it more? It's. I feel like in some ways, like,
2: sometimes you'll see a movie where you're like, oh, this is the best, like, movies like Girls' Night where you're like, oh, this is like exactly what we should be getting right now and then there's a most other movies where you're like oh okay probably thor ragnarok is not uh super progressive for women, but it's like i don't know that's that's everything right now though where it's like in some ways every like there's a lot of progressive stuff going on but then it's also like oh we're actually living in
0: hell (laughs) <laughs> oh god well it's can just it do both i
2: don't know
0: i think zed was mad or at some point i don't even know if this was on air but some people don't even uh progressive people don't like the idea of the Bechtel test and uh because they think um people will say well then you you should just go write the movie then or or stuff like that or, or they'll say okay. like, <laughs> or they'll say or there should be more women Protagonists, and that would mean this thing which obviously you just said with king kong especially that doesn't mean anything if there's just one strong female character right but it's just like affirmative action too some people are just very bothered by the idea that if you're creating art to be aware of those things and to to push those things just just for those things sake is is kind of disrespectful to the art sometimes that's what some people think i don't think that
2: I, don't I see that I mean I, I would understand that if it, if the like test which is super flawed anyways, we just kind of use it as a yardstick for how women are treated in movies in general but like it's such a low bar to be like if someone's pissed off because someone because people are like, hey, have Two women in your movie. Like, uh-huh. they're like, oh, actually, my fucking art can't have two women. It's like, okay, maybe this is like a you thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Can't, they're like, two women can't actually ever talk to each other, and that doesn't reflect my fucking vision. It's like, well, mm. then you're a sicko. You're <laughs> like, the problem. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: You're, yeah, why we had to create this. Yeah. Um, yeah, create this.
2: yeah. Um, that was my impression of a male artist. <laughs> <There's>,
1: <laughs> it's
0: obviously on. white. Okay. Oh, I think obviously old. white. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we were just you, talking when we came in, and so I, I shut us up because i want to talk about the podcast courtney and i were talking about having babies and we're yeah. gonna do it together um but i <laughs> <now> just <laughs> <You> tag team <laughs> <you? laughs> i don't even know what in what way but <laughs> yeah no uh, yeah we are having babies together have you seen junior no uh um, no but you know what that is though it was an arnold schwarzenegger getting oh yes, yes, yes. Show. That's yeah. it wasn't a good joke either so i'm but- sorry for bringing it up um but you said you would want to be a surrogate
2: <laughs> yeah i want to go through the physical process of cooking the baby <laughs> that is so bold of you because <laughs> and then i don't want it when it comes out really yeah but like well now i know i don't know i think it's just like kind of an ex- like i want to know what that experience is like and then if i like being a surrogate if i'm like oh being pregnant was chill and then i and then if the baby came out and i was like hey that that looks fun. Then maybe I would do, but I want I would want to like do a circuit for someone else first before I would just cook a baby and then be like, but now it's mine. Like now I'm
1: stuck with it. I sorry for keep saying cooking baby. That's so. That's what it is. That's yeah. so generous of you. I feel because to me like oh she'll get paid though. Right, you make a ton of money and you get you like you can kind of just chill. And, and, but you're pregnant for nine months and you yeah. are, your body is at the whim of all these hormones and like you don't know what it's gonna be like at the end. And at, that's true. That's true.
0: At the end, she's gonna give the baby away. And I she'll know. Be and then she's just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: gonna make a salary just yeah. eating. Oh, <laughs> like, that's great. Are you afraid of postpartum in any way?
2: Um, I, I would be just cause of like my own history, but I mean, and I wouldn't just be a surrogate for just like someone I'd never met, but I mean, if someone, if, if the situation came up and I had nine months to burn, sure. <laughs> oh like, my actually, God. I super busy. <laughs> like,
0: and I also think that you might do it to be funny too. Yeah, you like would that do it would to be funny,
2: fun. Right? I think it would be like a fun thing to I don't know, go write through. about an
0: experience and yeah. everything.
2: Oh yeah, I'll pull an Ali Wong. i will be like, I'm <laughs> this is my surrogate <laughs> <laughs> half hour and then and then at the end be like and the great thing is after that I could just keep doing Stand up because I wouldn't
1: have to take care of a kid. It'd be great.
0: Now, Courtney, you said you would want to, but you're like truly afraid of wrecking your body. What do you mean when you say that? I
1: I, listen. I don't know if I said the word wrecking. uh, Uh, You said the word
0: wrecking, (laughs) but if you want to be off the record for it, sure. Who knows what you say?
1: (laughs) Hard to say. say Um, Yeah, uh, I think because of my own stuff, just like kind of like food issues and stuff like that, body dysmorphia and whatever that would be a really hard thing for me to go through it's Mm -hmm. just like that big of a change and um I am also really afraid of postpartum like I think that I don't know why I have this instinct but I feel like it would definitely like a hundred percent happen to me
2: totally because
1: um yeah I don't know just because like even when I talk about it it makes my stomach kind of turn. Just, I don't know. And and I think it would be really hard. um, The, all of these are really selfish reasons, but I think they're legit. I mean, they are good things to be aware of, I think. Like, or you could just not acknowledge any of that in yourself and just do it. And then be like, maybe a shit mom because of it or whatever.
0: No, I never hear, I never hear women talk about the things you just said. Really? Yeah, like just saying, I don't want to. Fuck up my body, or I don't even know how I could handle that, how that would affect me emotionally. I never hear women talk that way. I'm
1: I'm not like, oh, because then and society wouldn't be able to like value me, or it's not even that. It's like my own self. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, we talked about it with our last guest. It's feeling, it's the lack of control over the situation that I think would drive me insane. Whereas I could totally adopt, and I think I would. Love a child that I adopted in, you know, a the same or a very similar way. Maybe beautiful in <laughs> different way. And my my aunt's adopted, and she's like, it's not exactly the same, but it's just as strong. It's just different. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I would have to do a lot of work on myself.
0: First. Oh yeah, I'm I'm really starting to like. Uh... Yeah, I don't I don't disregard any of that stuff, especially I'm really starting to, you know, we had with the cycles and sex women that were in uh, a couple of weeks ago or last week. Um, Yeah, I'm really starting to like feel bummed out for all the stuff women have to experience through their body. I don't think, I've been a little more sensitive. I live with um, Julia now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm more sensitive, I think way more sensitive compared to my wife and stuff about even her period and the stuff uh-huh. that she has to go through. Even stuff like sleeping and waking up and you bled through in your pants and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my God, this is kind of, <laughs> this is like, I think it's like humiliating in a way. And, not, in, and I, not that I was, I was like, oh my God, you poor thing. Like that would bum me out. Or, you know, like, yeah, you know. we.
1: (laughs) And that's not even how it feels. Like, the cramps of it. It's also like having, physically having a baby. It's like sometimes I have cramps and I'm like, this is the worst thing in the world. (laughs) I can't imagine if it's like that times like a hundred. And then you're just.
2: Well, I totally see what you're saying, though. Is like getting pregnant. You're sort of putting your relationship with your own body at risk, like because, oh, because you, don't, yeah. And yeah. Mind, you don't know
1: postpartum wise yeah 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 like
2: there's there are a lot of factors that you have to and and i feel like that is there's so much pressure that those that's like so rarely is like if you have like i've had a weird relationship with my body forever and if there is there's suddenly this extreme x factor of like right i don't know i do like reading like the list of like here's a list of insane things that can happen to your body because there's a little creature and like there, I don't, I might be wrong, but there's one where it's like your feet that can just turn purple or something like there's just like your blood circulation could be fucked up. And then just all the blood goes to one place and they're like, but it's fine. But your feet are purple, but it's fine. It's
1: cool. (laughs) that scares the shit out of me. And I feel like, that's,
2: I think it's the fun. (laughs) I just like want to wake up with purple feet and be like, all right, cool.
1: We're just going (laughs) with it. We're moving forward with purple feet. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I think there's like this weird factor of feminism in the whole thing where it's like, I don't, I think it's amazing that women can do that with their bodies. And like, I think that makes you like, akin to a god or something. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm. really cool. And it's my shit about it is nothing to discount other women doing it or whatever. But I feel like you almost can't say such anti-pregnancy things without seeming like a psycho, no, I mean, anti-feminist well, you're bitch.
2: Just, <laughs> no, you're just talking about it as it relates to what you want. And that's right. like... right. I don't know. If you're talking about what's good for you and you're a woman, then that's sort of feminism. I don't know. It's absolutely feminist. Yeah. Like it's you're just a, doing what you. Feminism
0: is just doing what you want to do.
2: Right. For, like being able to move through the world the way you want to.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Now, Jamie just ran her show and I missed it again because she had it uh, on game seven of the World Series. <laughs> Which uh, <but> was <laughs> she, has, she has a show. I'm sure you're going to throw it again, right? Yeah. They keep selling out? Yeah, they yeah. It, right?
2: Except on Game 7 Night. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> game 7 Night was like, yikes. But.
0: Yeah, because last time I missed it, I think I did uh, Put Your Hands Together on that night. And then, yeah. then she threw it on Game 7 of the World <laughs> Series. But uh, she has a show uh, about losing her virginity. And it's called, what's it called? It's called
2: it, I Lost My Virginity on August Fifteenth, 2010. It's <laughs> <laughs> more of a sentence. <laughs> so.
0: And uh, what what pushed you to... Did you, do you think it's funny
2: i think it's super funny like there's i i'm like lucky that the experience of losing my virginity to me is super funny and like just reflecting on how extremely out of my way and inconveniencing myself i was to like lose my virginity when i knew it was gonna like suck you know it was, like but it, i just like had put all this pressure on myself especially and something i've been trying to like look at more carefully from uh from like a more cerebral sense but also i'm just like what the fuck is wrong with you like uh i i lost my virginity like three days before my 18th birthday because in my head it was super important for me to fuck while i was still a kid and that was like something that was in my head (laughs) I was like, I'm not gonna be an adult virgin. Adult virgins like suck, and I'm gonna fuck while I'm a kid. And so I went so extremely. I like I crossed state lines. I got on a plane. I was, like went <laughs> so out of my way to lose my virginity before my 18th birthday.
1: Just because you didn't want to be a nerd, like an adult virgin nerd. Yeah,
2: because I like internalized so much, like shit. Like I, I like. I think I've talked about this with you before. I had like a fucking back brace. Like I was a. Little little weirdo, and then when I got my back brace off, I was like, Whoa, suddenly there's (laughs) I I could kiss someone, maybe. And so, so yeah, and so I I had it like in my head, and I think from like movies and shit too of like 16
0: candles, everything, especially because you had the back brace, you must have really thought you were disgusting.
2: Yeah, I mean, it just like felt bad. Like, well, I had my I was lucky that I had. I was uh, I did dance in high school, mm-hmm. and so that was, like, the chance I would get to take off my back brace and feel like a person who could do something that didn't feel physically limiting and gross and hating your body kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but outside of that, like, there wasn't that much that I could do, and I just, like, didn't want to, you know, be around people. And so then my senior year of high school was great because I, I didn't have to wear it anymore, and I could sort of – I don't know, like, I could be – it felt more
0: regular. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, you you were able to dance and you could take off your back brace.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: how how was that cleared? How was that? Cl- <laughs> yeah. There was
2: so I had to wear a back brace 22 hours a day, and it was like I <laughs> that got, was the rule. That was the rule. So you
0: slept in this as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. I had a day brace oh, and a shit. night brace. It uh, was a whole.
0: Was the whole night thing. brace more lacy or
2: anything? <laughs> <laughs> the night brace was yeah. It was my boudoir brace. <laughs>
0: Please, not come when I'm wearing Let my Let me night slip brace. into something. <laughs> it out.
2: It's, Oh, my it's, God. Oh my, anytime I hear of a strip of Velcro, I'm like, like
1: there's, oh. Was it scoliosis?
2: It was really bad scoliosis, yeah. Uh, and they were either I could have gotten a surgery that my parents couldn't afford or they're like, your insurance covers this thing that'll mean you'll never fuck. Does that work? And my parents were like, it's covered. Great. She's a virgin forever.
1: (laughs) My, My friend, like my best friend in college had really severe scoliosis, but she chose neither option. She was just like, fuck it. I'll, my back will just make a really sharp turn at Whoa. some point. Well,
2: the <laughs> thing is, like, my back still has a really sharp turn, but they just, like, halted it at some point. Mm. They're like, you're just going to be like this all the time. So you grow in, like, like they my day brace held me directly in place, and then my night brace would tilt me a little bit to the left so that it would start growing in the right direction at night. And then in the day, I was like, okay, stop. And then <laughs> night, you, you it was so uncomfortable. I just like... It was how many last, years? Uh, pff, uh, three or four. Oof. It was from like the end of middle school into my junior year of high school.
0: And then, you, were you when you had the back race, Were you ever involved with any boys? Uh,
2: no. I like I, and that was, by, like I'm. I think that I had maybe been asked out once or twice, but I didn't like. I was way too insecure and didn't even mm-hmm. want to attempt to ha- like be around boys like that.
0: Did people know you had had a back brace?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was pretty obvious. Although not everyone knew what it was because it was under my clothes. And so I was like this really, really like skinny kid that had a weirdly thick torso. And everyone was like, what's going on there? Why is she like... And I would wear those like shirts from... Walmart that have the like Tweety birds on because I like the it, you, I just needed bigger clothes for the top half of my body and then I had these skinny little stick <laughs> legs and they're just like why <laughs> like something is off I looked I was just like the sentient uncanny valley <laughs> for most of high school <laughs> just like my body proportions didn't make sense
1: oh so okay so who did you when did you meet the guy that you lost your virginity to
2: I met him in fourth grade.
1: Oh, and then just went to school with him forever?
2: Yeah, we like grew up together and then we were never like close friends. Like we just like knew each other. And then sometime in high school, we became actual friends and then we dated. I mean, we dated for almost four years total. Oh. Um, But we started dating my senior year of high school after I got my back brace off. And then I lost my Virginia on August 15,
0: 2010. (laughs) Have you talked to him about the show? Does he know about it? He co hosts it with me. I'm sorry?
2: Yeah, yeah, you come see the show, man. He co hosts it with me, my, uh, my friend Steven, uh, who, yeah, I dated him until 2012. And uh, yeah, he lives in Pearl Harbor now because he's uh, in the Navy. And so he'll Skype in at the beginning of every show, and then just do like live commentary on stuff. He'll interact with audience members. He's great, yeah. Wow, yeah. So he's that's so fun. He's a critical part of the show.
0: Wow,
1: that's great. He's awesome, yeah. So I heard you want another podcast talking about a military guy that you dated. So that's that's Steven. That's the guy.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then you guys would like like try to get it in whenever you saw each other so like
2: yeah yeah you
1: realized you were allergic to condoms oh yeah (laughs) my latex
2: yeah 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 that's in the show too uh yeah it took me a very long time to figure out i was allergic to latex i thought i was just like allergic to uh sexual pleasure like (laughs) i just thought (laughs) like there was literally i remember having a conversation with my friend from high school being like uh like Uh, Actually, I just don't think that sex is for me, and it's. I don't like it. It's never been fun, and I guess that's just what sex is. It's a painful experience, and I hate it. And She was just
0: like. What would it be like? How would it affect your vagina if you don't mind me asking?
2: It would. uh, Well, it it would be okay when it was happening. Like, it wouldn't be like super physically painful while it was happening. It's more just like the couple of days after. Yeah. It would like hurt to pee. It would like just was uncomfortable moving too much i remember like in my my freshman year of college i worked at a borders bookstore and i would be washing i worked in the cafe i would wash dishes in the back and there was like one day my supervisor just found me like crying because Uh i was like i can't stand anymore my vagina hurts and he was like an older dude, and he was like, "Um, okay, you can go home." <laughs> it's just like my vagina hurts, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and he was like, "Get out of here!" <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it was. It would be super. Like the couple days after would be super painful to the point where I like, it. It would take. It would. I would really have to want to have sex to feel like it had been worth it. Yeah, but
1: and you then did you-
2: want
0: to have sex, though.
2: I did want to, yeah, yeah. but I just like. I'm like, okay. Like, five five minutes of whatever, and then five days of crying and not being able to pee.
1: Yeah, the scales don't really work out in favor of sex in that as a person yeah. who's gotten a lot of utis
2: oh yeah it's also yeah, yeah. an
1: amazing way to get out of shit because people do really not want to hear about any problems that really? you have with <laughs> your <vagina. laughs> if you're like well you really if you really must know this is what's going on they're like well well stop <laughs> you've
0: said that to guys to not have sex with them
1: no 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 i've said that like if there's a sometimes because you you it's real it's a real thing that's happening It's also something that you know people are not going to be comfortable talking about. So you try not to say it. But if you are in a situation where they're like, well, but you got to do your work. You're like, I, it is burning. Right. You
2: (laughs) don't know what's happening. (laughs) Yeah. There's, I've had like situations where I like will, you know, wake up at a guy's place and then just have that uncomfortable thing of like, hey, Let's go to CVS because I think your penis is like dirty or something (laughs) because I like, you know, I've like woken up the next day and just like been like, oh, for, you know, you can kind of tell, even if it's not bad yet, you're like, oh, this is is a UTI in progress. And so you got to go, you got to get cranberry juice, you got to get Azo, you got to knock that shit out quick
1: ASAP. And I
2: make I make you don't have to make the man come with you, but I make him come with because I'm just like, <laughs> look what you fucking did. So give not get it from a guy's penis being
0: dirty?
1: It's not. It's it's honestly. I think sometimes it's like certain people's semen makes you a little allergic. It's it's not. I don't know the exact science. I don't think it's like only these, only latex right. condoms, or only whatever. It's just kind of like.
0: people's ph balances together maybe yeah yeah
1: like not everyone it's like a squares and rectangles
2: thing not every person who gives you a uti is dirty but all dirty guys
1: will give you you a uti (laughs) that's
2: like the rule (laughs) that's the rule (laughs) also dudes who don't clip their fingernails and they're they're like i'm just gonna claw no Like,
0: like there's well, you, you know, Jamie, Jamie's younger, so she's got to deal with all these dirty guys. These dirty, yeah. yeah. these young, Everyone my age is very dirty. With like, you know, like eight guys to an apartment, all gross.
2: Oh, yeah, just creepy little fuck piles.
0: <laughs> <Dudes>. There <laughs> are dirty guys when you get older, yeah, too. I mean, well. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Yeah, I would imagine, but I hope you don't let them inside of you, Courtney.
1: Not, I mean, not anymore.
2: Yeah. Well, see, I think that's the problem is like I I will sometimes date guys older than me, but they're still dirty. And it's like what I yeah, thought it, I thought that this was the the hack. <laughs> it's, it's not, not the an hack. age
1: thing. It's not no, necessarily an age I've
2: got thing. To, I've got to re-examine who I'm attracted to cuz they're dirty. <laughs> they're di- they're dirty fellas.
1: So, okay, so you are like notably younger than Steve and I. Um so what did you just like were apps just always part of the equation once you got out of school, or like, um, how well, is it maybe
0: different? I've and, never. And do you use them now? No,
2: does I've never really like you. I mean, they've been around for my entire adult life, and I've uh-huh. always been aware of it. And I like, I have a ton of friends who like got into their current relationships using it, and it's weird because it's like when I was in high school, there was still the pretty prevalent taboo about any sort of meeting sure. strangers online and like i remember having this like huge discussion with my mom about even having like a facebook account was a big deal because the parent you know parents who were like the internet wants you to, to murder you and it kind of does and so it's like uh, but once i got to college yeah all my friends were like meeting on apps and stuff i just i was in like two long uh, two long-term relationships back-to-back and that was until, like, 2015. And so, and even now, I don't know. I'm just, like, it's, I'm not good with it. But I don't have a problem with it. I just am not good at it.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I think, I think that maybe that age factor will, like, always be a little bit – it will always be a little bit like that where, like, maybe it's not even that useful to most people until they get older. Because you meet so many people when you're younger, like, mm. because you're in school together or because – you're like doing this certain activity stuff that's just kind of because you're like young and have time to that kind of time to kill. Right. So like, I don't think even if, I mean, there were apps when I was that age, but I just met people the organic way because until probably I was like twenty seven or twenty eight.
0: And then what changed? Um,
1: I don't know. You stop. I mean, it's probably a little bit different with stand-up, though you might not want to always date a (laughs) stand-up.
2: I mean, I always do, but I never should. Yeah, Right,
1: right. That's the...
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's... Um, Yeah, yeah.
1: But, I mean, where you're, like, constantly meeting new people. But there comes a point, I think, for everyone where that becomes less a part of your life. Like, you know, you'll meet people... And you don't want to shit where you sleep. So, like, you don't want to... The new people that you meet for work or whatever... You don't necessarily, like, want to try to have a relationship with them.
0: Well, I always say it's okay for stand-ups. It's okay to be get in a relationship with one, but you shouldn't just fuck them. Right. It's all, like, yeah. co-workers. It's yeah. Like, like, I mean, and, and the thing is, is that, uh, you know, you might be of pure heart, but these fucking guys don't think like that either. No. So none. you <laughs> might be like, oh, I like this guy, and I it would be nice to be in something, mm-hmm. and then these guys are just fucking terrible and be like... They're oh, tricky. They're, <laughs> they're, they're tricky. Are they liars? They're
2: tricky little. Uh, some of them. But I think most of them is just like, you know, the, the if someone is good at stand-up, a lot of the time is because they're really good at like projecting a false self. And, oh, my God. And that like very often translates to their private life. And then you're like, oh, you're just, you're just, you're full of shit. Got it. And then then you can sort of uh, move on with your life.
1: Yeah. And there's also this thing I used to, I don't really employ this anymore, but I always used to have this, like, kind of one per rule. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, I didn't want to fuck a bunch of the same guys that I met the same way because I didn't Mm -hmm. want them to be, like, swapping stories about whatever. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I I don't think I ever would have, like – fucked my way through the stand-up community or whatever just oh, because you're it are missing gets-
0: out i mean there's so much good dick out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine <laughs> imagine um well what uh, look, it must it must be um it must be hard to not have sex with other comedians because you like the sense of humor just means so much to you right
2: yeah, yeah. Well, there's <laughs> like
0: truly though. You yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I I know a few of the guys that you've uh, hooked up with or anything. I've just I've you know I know about the whole you know I'm just in the air. Whoa! I, I hear about different <gasps> things. Oh no,
1: you, I wanted no, to
2: know. No, it's I'm not fascinated. mean or anything. It's just no, you hear I'm like fascinated. oh
0: yeah, they've uh, you know Jamie hooked up with that guy or that guy. I, and I know enough. I'm you know I'm a... wait. I'm gonna plug yeah.
2: you for info off. Uh,
0: just like... just I know when something's happening. Also, sure. uh, you've gone off a little bit on the past on Twitter and everything.
2: oh yeah yeah yeah. But uh, you <laughs> don't sure. seem
0: to have any kind of physical type at all. You seem to be all over the place. All right?
2: over the board, baby. There's... <laughs> I
0: think it would be so hard uh, to, if you could have sex with almost anybody, it would be so hard to figure out who you should and shouldn't have sex with. Uh, right? yeah. And that's just a man, uh, you know, To sorry to be binary, but that's just from a man and a, and a woman's point of view. But also, you're in this male dominated, although it's getting better all the time, industry that you just have your pick of whoever you want, probably pretty much, right?
2: I don't know. I mean that's I like something I'm trying to get better at is making boundaries clearer because I just like I, I in my entire life have such a like bad habit of wanting to make someone comfortable at my own Mm -hmm, expense. mm -hmm. And right. Yeah. And and like I I can see how like if if someone's like coming on to me, sometimes it's like, well, I don't want to upset them, so I'll just be nice to them. But then you're creating a whole problem for yourself. Yeah. And you're in this field where it's like a ton of, you know, like horny guys who you see again and again and again. And then it's like you sort of uh put yourself in, in tricky situations. I'm trying to be better at setting boundaries at the top of just like this is what you know we can be friends, but there. It ha- like I'm trying to communicate that more clearly. I'm not doing a particularly good job at it. <laughs> no, but those I do. Int- I do
1: like to say that I'm working on it. Those intentions are good for sure. I think yeah. that that's that's one of the hardest things to navigate. I think right, as a yeah. woman, like in your 20s, is yeah. Training. My uh,
0: my friend Alex McAlpine, she uh, has a great podcast called uh, Swipe Out, and uh, mm. but she. Um, her And I are friends, like I, I love her, and she we're great. But she moved here from New York, and v- very early on, we met at a party. Mm-hmm. And then she DM'd me on Twitter one night and she said, Hey,
2: a move.
0: No, she said, Hey, uh-huh. can we hang out strictly platonically?
2: That rules, yeah. And she's I like, that. I
0: really had a great time with you, and I just love to be friends, and I'd lo- I need new friends, and everything like that. And that said, as a man, and granted, I was in my mid thirties at the time. So I maybe could handle that a little better. Mm -hmm. But if um, by her doing that, that allowed me to like not have any questions about it and to like, be like, Oh, okay. This is a fun Friendship type thing, and uh, I'm really happy. I'm happy that she set that boundary up top because it allowed me to like have no doubt about what was going on. Uh-huh. And anything that I at that point, if if I created anything, because you know, I was even single at the time, if I created anything, that was on me because she said very she early made on it clear, that she right. made it very clear,
1: mm-hmm. and that
0: that was although you know, sometimes you can't make it clear enough for guys most of the time, <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> so I was like, I had worked with someone in the past that uh, we were very friendly and maybe he had a crush on me I didn't know. And then Mm -hmm. we like hung out where, when I was single most recently, and we hung out like uh, maybe a couple times. Mm -hmm. And then I got the feeling like, oh, this is romantic. Or like he thinks this is romantic or whatever. And I'd already like, I was just about to start dating Wade and you know, it didn't wind up going it it didn't even matter whether I wanted to or not or whatever. But then he hit me up after I was in uh, my relationship. And it just was, like, this weird thing. Because you don't want to be presumptuous and be, like, I have a boyfriend or, like, right, you know, right. whatever. But it was great. He hit me up to hang out, like, last week or whatever. And then... Before I had to figure out how to navigate that, like he knows I have a boyfriend. He was like platonically, I, you know, whatever. And I was like, right. yes, this is. Thank you That's for so doing much, that. You yeah. took you you like let me off the hook of having to figure out like how to address it.
2: And I appreciate like I didn't even realize until like the past year or so how much I appreciate the opposite of that too. Of like someone saying, "Hey, I'm asking you out because I'm romantically interested." In yeah, it. like where. Because I found like the other day I found myself in this situation where I thought I was hanging out with my friend and he thought that there was maybe something going on. And that's just such an uncomfortable thing for both parties because it's like, oh, I'd accidentally volunteered myself into this situation. And now it's on me to be like, I don't know what what you're thinking, but it's not what I'm thinking. And. Like even in the past year of just like someone, especially it's a standup who you know, it's like if it's a stand-up who you admire and like and like you guys like each other's work, it makes sense that you could just hang out. Yeah, but if they make it clear of just like, I'm asking you out on a date if that's not okay, totally fine. And then it's just like, thank you so much for yeah. just making that clear so I don't need to, you know, be sitting in front of you, like, what is the context of this? and You know, just having it clear is so
0: helpful. Well, you know, though, this kind of goes back to this. This plays on kind of when you're talking about predator behavior and Harvey Weinstein stuff. These are all ideas that we've been shown in the movies that you can kind of like that you're supposed to kind of trick a woman into liking Mm you or into falling in love with you. So but and having sex with you, too, that all of it is like supposed to be kind of a game where you're like playing against them in a way and if you're lucky you win and you trick them. you trick them (laughs) it's
1: so scary like and it's like hot tip women do not like that like and and women want to fuck so just like be up front and
0: but if you think about it i mean think about how many hundreds of movies are like uh two people are friends and then eventually they like fall in love with each other right and those are women movies that women love too. That's not just guy movies. Right. That's
2: there. fair. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like it like enables that whole like aggressive nice guy thing mm. of like being told like, well, I'm the I'm the nice guy. I have to be able to fuck you because I'm nice. And it's just like that is actually not. I have to be attracted to you, and I—you can't, you can't, you know... Like, so many movies where it just boils down to, like, and he wore her down. <laughs> like, that's... It's like, oh, great. that's. But what the big is it that women love away. about these
0: movies? Why do women like these movies? Women love When Harry Met Sally.
2: I, I don't like that movie, but I saw that movie for the first time last year. <laughs> you guys
1: did an episode on the podcast, didn't you?
2: We did, yeah. yeah. And I don't... Like, that, that movie, seeing it... From especially watching it from the like Bechtel cast uh, lens, is just like you're just like oh no, this movie kind of like fucking blows.
1: Yeah, uh, but don't they both kind of they alternate like being like oh no, I'm attracted to the other person and then d- deciding it's not appro- appropriate. Just in terms of that specific movie, the, that
2: specific movie, if I'm remembering right, originally ended differently, where they didn't end up together, but they remained friends. But then, like, you you know, like, whatever executive notes Uh were like, no, they've got to end up together. I think that movie works for me if they don't end up together, but they remain friends. Because in that movie, it's kind of clear that she's, like, too good for him, the whole movie. (sighs) And he spends... (laughs) <laughs> and he's mean to her and he wears her down and, like, all this stuff. And it's like, okay, everyone has... Oh, when her. they have
0: sex, she's actually in a super vulnerable position, right? Yeah. She's, like, crying and sad from another because oh, her ex... yeah. Yeah.
2: It's oh, weird. Fuck. It's, like, like kind of predatory it's gross. and gross. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you're Great right. Great sweaters they, in that He movie, wouldn't though. change. His character at that point, I think he was in his 30s. Like, at that point, he's not going to change. And you know who he's really not going to change for? The Meg Ryan character. He maybe would change for some like 23 year old or something like that I'm talking about yeah. this character but he wouldn't change for his best friend are you kidding me what do you mean <laughs> the Billy Crystal character I end. think
1: he she's he would be the best version of himself with her
0: sure but he's not smart enough to figure that out that's not how people that's not how people oh, especially God. men that's not how they choose relationships like oh you know what this would be the healthiest thing for me I mean, I'm trying to do that at this point in my life, but I think mm-hmm. about this stuff a lot. And I'm old. I'm almost 40 years old, uh, older than the Billy Crystal character. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I think about this stuff a lot and just regular guys wouldn't. People don't, I I don't know a lot of guys that think that way.
2: I don't know. I'm trying to think a little more about like why these movies do, because they do. I mean, they obviously appeal to women. Some of it, I feel like, well, like one of my favorite movies when I was a kid was, uh, I love, I love all the J-Lo rom-coms. Like, I love <laughs> all, all right. of them. Terrible. So, As a fellow J-Lo, I love <laughs> J-Lo rom-coms. They're the best. Uh, and I loved Made in Manhattan. That was, like, my favorite one. And that one in particular, I think it came out when I was, like, 9 or 10. And just the idea of, like, that one is totally, like, a class thing of, like, this rich dude right. uh, falls in love with a maid. And, like, that's what worked about those movies for me of, like, being seen by someone you know just being noticed and the same thing with the princess diaries which was like my favorite favorite movie for a long time of just like the prospect of you know somehow being seen uh by someone and being valued by someone who you're constantly told is better than you
1: your status being elevated or whatever
2: or just like the just the I loved like the the whole mythical idea of like oh if you can get this person to see you and value you you'll be happy and you're and you're done. You don't have to do any work on yourself. <laughs> the idea oh, of like just being like oh if this cool prince decides that I am worthwhile in some way, I'm done. I'm good,
0: you know? And I mean, isn't that the temptation for like any kind of beautiful woman like in in times where you go like oh, if I could marry a rich guy or something like that, I don't have to do anything anymore? I mean, not for you two, obviously, because uh, you have your own personal ambitions. But, but isn't there something always in the back of your head, Courtney, where you're like, or oh, I could just marry some rich guy and like not really like worry about those things?
1: No, I don't know. I'm kind of afraid of like, uh, this sounds so stupid, <laughs> but I'm afraid of like, Lose. I feel like the struggle gives me a little edge or something. Sure, I think that like makes what I have to offer artistically like better. And I'm like in some ways, like I like Wade's not like this huge rich dude, but like he's definitely better off than I am. And at the beginning, it made me really uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't, I can't even fully articulate why, but it was. It was that thing of, like, losing – I don't know. I'm, like, connected to my poverty struggle.
2: (laughs) No, I absolutely feel – like, even the way I manage my own money sometimes, I'm just, like, I'm intentionally making things harder for myself. Oh, yeah. Why am I doing that? Like, why can I not do that? (laughs) Like, it would be great. But, yeah, I feel like even, like, if you're not – like, I'm not struggling as much as I used to be struggling, but I still want to be in that same headset uh-huh. or as I was when I was, like, hungry all the time. Which this, is cr- crazy, but also, like, make, I don't know.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, like, ultimately what is best for me or whatever. I, ser- I guess what I'm saying is I'm certainly not, like, I've never been scheming about, like, I could just be set for life because that scares the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's what we were talking about two unnamed characters before we started I was thinking the same thing, yeah. recording like they're gone that's how we referred to it they're gone like they're mentally they're far enough removed from like the struggle or whatever that like we can't even relate to what they're making or what they're doing with their lives anymore
0: well artistically yeah comfort is is the enemy of totally art. yeah so you never get anything good out of comfort so the more uncomfortable you are that's where the good stuff comes from.
1: Cool. Right. S- Masochists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. you,
0: when you're getting squeezed, that's when stuff comes out. Right. I mean, I think Ooh. that's why. I mean, I hate to say this, but I do think there's a lot of interesting things in the Bible that I say. But, you know, part of the Beatitudes is blessed are the poor. And I think you're blessed because out of necessity um, are born great ideas. And out of necessity also, you learn to rely on people more and you learn mm-hmm. to say, I need this. And when you say I need this to people, to your friends and everything, uh, we're supposed to need each other. And when you don't need each other anymore, I think that's why super rich people are super unhealthy and super checked out. And mm. I don't, I, they, oftentimes they don't derive uh, joy from life the way us common folk do. Us mm. common folk. Oh, I was okay. thinking of the village in Beauty of the Beast right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the,
2: yeah, we're like a French provincial town here. <laughs>
0: Yes. Now, Jamie, you publicly um, struggled with depression and a lot of those the kind of things. How has that affected your life romantically and in your romantic life?
2: Uh, I I think it's weird in a lot of different ways. I mean, before I was handling it and before I was fully aware of it, it affected my relationship kind of in the ways that you would expect of like last year I got uh, diagnosed at two separate times with OCD and bipolar and those getting those diagnoses were like total game changers in the way that I was able to just feel okay with myself and you know be able and and even though like I haven't really dated anyone seriously since I got those diagnoses but I think that that's the reason why I'm able to be single is because I don't feel like I used to put a lot of pressure on I think my partner to make me feel okay, but mm-hmm. now I have like the tools and ability to just feel okay, and so it's kind of nice to be uh, on my own, or has been for the past year. Um, but before then, I mean, I was in I was in a really uh, abusive relationship for three or four years, where um, a lot of my own problems were sort of turned against me or or made an excuse to make things my fault that weren't my fault. And and so I, I'm very conscious of that now. So even if I start seeing someone, uh, that's like always in the back of my head of like, what is the thing that this person can turn against me because I'm not embarrassed to say that I have these problems. And I think that that is a thing that happens sometimes, even when you're just sort of dating someone casually. If, mm-hmm. like, if you're, I, I think it's like a great, Thing and it's been helpful for me to be like open about whatever it is that's going on. But the inverse of that, when you're in a relationship, I think is you're in some ways sort of giving your partner, if they're not responsible, you're giving them like a free pass to be like, I don't have to, I can disregard what you're feeling right now because it's this. Mm. Like, I can disregard how you feel about this because this is a bipolar thing. And it's not always. And sometimes it's like, no, this is what I'm feeling. You have to listen to me, you know uh that's something that i i try to be very aware of now because i used to let partners get away with that constantly i'm just like well you're you're bipolar so that's why you feel this way and i'm right i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing because you know you're fundamentally broken and you'll never get it and that like i mean that's a crazy making thing that sort of brings out bipolar tendencies when people are telling you over and over nope you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong and so i, I get very conscious of that and then and then I, I think there's like sometimes if you if you talk about it a lot there's like a weird kind of like a fetishized thing of like oh crazy girl like there's girl interrupted she, she'd be fun yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 exactly like maybe she'll cut her hair weird like that'll be fun <laughs> like and, it, and that way it's like I mean, that that's easier to pick out and just be like, ah, oh, no, this is actually, uh, I'm also just a person. Like, I feel like for the, that, like the f- few guys that I've seen who sort of seem to revel in that part of me being open about it, I'm like, oh, you're going to think I'm super boring because I'm literally just a person. Like, I'm not going to be uh, cutting my hair and whacking shit with umbrellas. Like, it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not what it is. It's just, uh, you know, being aware uh, that you move through the world a little differently.
0: So getting that diagnosis, um, did you have a feeling before that, so maybe something that something was broken in your brain?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think the reason it took so long for me to get a diagnosis was because I'd been in a really abusive relationship for years and was trying to piece through that first. So I'd like, this was shortly after I'd moved here and I was like, trying to to work through all those emotions of of that. And then once I was in a better place there, it was like, okay, but something is still wrong. Like there's OCD of, I, I've kind of had a blast with OCD in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> Bipolar is a fucking nightmare, but OCD is kind of a blast where- uh, How like, does it manifest itself? I could probably you?
1: be diagnosed.
2: with yeah, yeah, I mean, since I was little, like the first thing, when I talked to my parents about it, the first conversation we had, I was like, I have OCD. And they're like, Oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. Where it when you're little, it manifests in ways that are kind of adorable. Or uh-huh. <laughs> like I and creepy. Okay, this is a creepy thing I used to do in elementary school. Is I had these notebooks, these like chunky notebooks with horses on them. And I would bring them every day of school, I would write down what literally everyone I came into contact with with was wearing. And that was like, I couldn't not do it. And I always had a notebook uh-huh. and I developed this terrifying shorthand. So it's just like <laughs> notebooks and notebooks full of consonants <laughs> of like, it would say like, Sam, red shirt, oh, <laughs> bulk punts. And like, just it was like basically Sims language <laughs> in, in these. And I did that for years. And then I went through a phase where I couldn't watch a TV show before I had copied out the description of the episode from the TV guide into a different notebook that was not the horse notebook. The uh-huh. TV notebooks were fuzzy. And like, the, <laughs> it was like a whole system. And my parents, I think, interpreted that as like, Jamie wants to be a writer. That's really yeah. cute. Yeah. And that's, And I totally get, you know, with no context why it seemed that way, but the you know when I grew up it would manifest in different ways to the point where like it was helpful to me in some ways like I the year before I moved to LA I worked two full-time jobs uh and didn't tell either of the full-time jobs that I had a separate full-time job because I just had like this limitless manic energy and Mm -hmm. needed a task at all times and if I didn't have it I would just feel terrible Mm -hmm. and I mean, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have been able to afford to move here. So in it's like, ooh, I guess that I guess a good thing came of it. Yeah. But I look back on that year as like, that was a terrible idea. That was like very and I ended up in the hospital because of it. Uh so wouldn't recommend, but there were there were like little bits that you're just like, That was uh that was a fucking trip. That's
1: crazy <laughs> that you did that. <laughs> like Oh yeah. I definitely Yeah.
0: What do you think? What do you think you you would be diagnosed?
1: Uh, I have, I have, I definitely have tendencies, if not like something that they could diagnose. And I had the same kind of shit when I was little. And like I would, my room was like a museum. Like,
2: oh, wow.
1: Just everything was exactly in a specific spot. And I was like really OCD about it, for lack of a
2: better word. I wish OCD made me organized but it doesn't for some reason that part totally glossed over (laughs) like
1: my life's a fucking
2: disaster at all times
1: (laughs) yeah that stuff I'm really like uh sleeping with the enemy style about uh you (laughs) know hand towels and shit like that but then also I did I mean like I graduated college in two and a half years and part of it was that same thing that you're talking about just where like I I don't know needed I I had the limitless energy. I the, I don't know. It sounds very similar.
2: Yeah. We're well, and OCD and like bipolar, but like the manic depression basically are like a, a, an intense combo. But they kind of like complement each other in this weird yeah. way, where manic depression provides you with all the energy you need to carry out your OCD agenda. And then and it's just like it. Yeah.
1: I took Adderall for a while in college, oh, which is like. That's, and not that's something a, that you should probably add to your, like, No, it's OCD a treat tendencies. I give myself
2: every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> a couple times a year, I'm like, you know what, baby? Maybe you'll get something done. Maybe you'll walk 25 miles. We don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I had to stop giving myself those treats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's interesting that the diagnosis, you, you say that the diagnosis allowed you to be comfortable with being alone yeah well,
2: how, how do you how so well i uh, by the time i got di- i got, got diagnosed with ocd first and then bipolar six months later um but i like i just reached such a low where when my ocd started manifesting itself through cyclical feelings of like it was adorable when ocd was making me write a lot or work a lot like that i was able to justify it of like well this is sort of improving my life Uh in some ways but when it got bad enough where it was like i was in a relationship that wasn't working and the ocd just kind of doubled down on itself where if i had if i like the way my therapist at the time would talk about it would be like if i caught a thought or something stuck in my head regardless of whether it was rational it would just circle and circle and circle to the point where uh, I just like could not control what I was thinking about and it was affecting my it was making a bad relationship worse it was um, and and then just in terms of like when you're struggling with any illness mental or physical and you don't know what it is it just like is horrible and like I spent two months, uh, kind of blowing my savings, flying back to Massachusetts where I'm from because I had health insurance when I was there, not when I'm here. So I went back and I was like seeing doctors to try to figure out like, why can't I function?
0: Uh-huh.
2: And didn't really figure it out. Came back here. I went to a public health clinic. They gave me a mood stabilizer that I should not have been on because, you know, pub- and, and so that made things worse. And I got to the point where – um the OCD was like manifesting it through. I was just like scratching at myself just kind of impulsively. Uh And, you know, when it starts to manifest itself in that way, where I was like wearing turtlenecks in June because there were just like, you know, like hundreds of little, and, and at that point it's like, something has to be wrong. This doesn't just happen. And so I went to um, – this is funny. I was, like, working at Playboy when this happened, yes. too. So I was at Playboy. <laughs> and they were actually – I mean, working at Playboy at that time was – I mean, it was a weird job. But it, but it, it, it was helpful in that there was, like, one night where I was like, okay, I have to go – to the hospital. Like I can't keep doing this the way I'm doing it. And so playboy had a 24 hour bar where they would just, ha- and then, so I like just like took a couple of shots cause I was terrified and I like walked to the ER and was just like, you have to, that's the other thing is like if if you're like self harming in any way, they won't take you in unless you say I want to kill myself, which I learned by being turned away by a different ER cause I wouldn't say it, which is, Deeply fucked, and that's a problem with Whoa. hospitals. Uh, I went to Kaiser, and they're like, "Do you want to kill yourself?" And I was like, "No," and but I don't know what's going on. And then they like literally a doctor leaned into me and was like, "But do you want to kill yourself?" I'm like, "Should I want to kill myself?" Like, it was just, it was terrifying. And because I wouldn't say it, they wouldn't admit me. Fuck. So when I went to the second hospital, I just. It wasn't like I didn't feel that way, but I wanted help. So I just declared it because I was drunk. I was like, my name's Jamie and I like, you know, and I wanna kill
0: myself. I wanna kill myself.
2: Like I just declared <laughs> and they were just like, you know, rolled out the red card. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll come right in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God, America! But what what it's
2: fuck? so fuck. They're like, if you, they, man, they'll really roll out the red carpet for you if you say you want. If you say you want to kill yourself in the ER. Uh, but, but, so, so I finally got into a hospital after weeks and weeks and weeks, and uh, that was like the night where I literally just like talked to a psychiatrist who was listening and gave a fuck. And within an hour of us talking, he was like, "Oh, okay, so this is." an OCD pattern that has been clearly spiraling out of control f- over a course of months and this is what it is and I can help you and we can start tomorrow. And hearing that, just hearing that like there's a name for it uh-huh. and there's treatment for it and like, I'll figure out the money. I'll. Uh-huh. And this doctor was amazing in terms of like working with me with money. But um, yeah, like once I knew what it was, it made it so much easier to be like, oh, I don't need to stay in a terrible relationship, and I don't need to do, like, this is something that, I, that can be handled, and I can, like, enjoy my life and not, I don't know, just, like, kind of what we were talking about before, of, like, attaching the idea of suffering to, directly to, like, being able to do your job, like, that's not...
1: It's not great.
2: It's not true. Yeah, it's like and and you shouldn't be in so much pain that you can barely function and be like, no, nah, that's why I'm a fucking artist. It's like, no, dude, you're yeah,
1: you're ruining your life. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And the older that I get, the more that I'm like, uh, believe that, Flaubert quote or whatever about like be it's regular. Uh,
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> <up>.
2: Stephen <laughs> Oh,
0: Let's
1: see that character. <laughs> let's see it. <laughs> <laughs> no, about like being regular and orderly in your in your um, life so that you can be wild and Reckless in your creative life. Oh, I'd never heard that. Yeah, I like that. I love that.
2: Yeah. It was um, on
0: every night on CBS. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wait, no way. Lot <laughs> of well, cool up and comers on that Flo Bear show.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a character.
1: Um, so he, uh, my brother, uh, mm. was diagnosed with OCD uh, in the last year as well, mm. and I definitely think like it's helped him make some turns in his dating life that i don't think that he would have i don't know uh it's made him more healthy in that way That's i mean good duh but
2: yeah, yeah i mean yeah there's there i mean i i think i sort of o- overshot a little bit of like now that i'm in treatment I'm going to be able to be a better judge of character. That's not true.
1: <laughs> but I'm
2: a- I'm able to
1: What the fuck? <laughs> Did the Nazis
0: I don't think they think about rolling a keg. <laughs> there. <laughs> so you guys may not have been able to hear that, but someone was loudly rolling a keg. And Jamie, please continue on with
2: you. That Those Oh, uh yeah, like I I just um I'm not a, you know, I still date shitty dudes, but I'm able to uh process information and handle like I feel like I can deal with shitty dudes on a higher level. <laughs> that yeah. that's great. Than I could before. Yeah.
0: Well and it's also just yeah, it's also be able to figure out the quicker you can figure out that somebody's shitty and the quicker right. you, you could extradite yourself from a situation. Cause we don't know. I mean this is L A and there's a lot of people here that they don't even know are being duplicit. They they're lying to themselves too. So how yeah. they could how mm-hmm. could they tell you the truth, but uh that's that's really cool i'm glad you're doing so much better i mean and yeah that's all very hope hopeful and hopefully if anyone's listening to this and you're struggling with that stuff you understand it's as easy as saying i want to kill yourself at your local emergency room (laughs) and
2: And then just get swept onto a magic carpet and (laughs)
1: um where can the people find more of you uh
2: i'm on the internet uh the I have a, a podcast called The Bechtel Cast. comes out every Thursday. I am on a super deluxe series called Upgraded. It comes out every Saturday, and then I'm just on Twitter uh, at Hamburger Phone.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for stopping by.
2: Thanks for having me. This was so much fun.
1: Bye, guys.